Hey Rob, what are we doing here? Hey Aaron, how's it going? It's been, uh, been another week, been another week. Bad um, it has. You know, Kavanaugh's a Supreme Court justice, so <laughs> we didn't stop it. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly, like I thought, I thought we fixed the problem, but um, it just didn't happen I, for us. I don't. I, I'm trying to think back because I listened to I listened to last week's and. Um, I don't. I still. That this was a weekend ago, though. It was like Friday, and I've already gone through Saturday and Sunday since then. So, uh, did you take bets on what you thought would happen? I don't remember. Did I if like definitively say that I thought he would not become a justice? No, you didn't okay. say that. I didn't think so because that would have been dumb. Like I, I feel like my position this entire time was like, it's he's gonna be, he's gonna be on the court. <laughs> like there's not much not much going on um yeah so he was confirmed on saturday and then they had a nice little you know like ceremonial confer it's kind of like a wedding you know where you got the whole wedding thing but really the only part that matters is like signing the paper the whole church and the the reception that's all just fluff you know at the end of the day it's that legal document that you signed that you could do in like five minutes. Yeah, well, um, that's that's the way it goes. But I just I just wanted to say that uh, once again we we thought we may have fixed some stuff and uh, <laughs> doesn't look like we did. I will the, say I'm getting a lot of backlash among people that I know <laughs> about not, not wanting to put a rapist on the court because that seems like a pretty common thing to want. Yeah, uh, well, you know, here's here's what I'd say. I'd say some of the backlash is a little bit about the podcast. I've heard a little bit from about that, which is great. People, somebody listened to it. At least one person uh, listened, which is cool. That's good. That's that's still good for, especially for for certain people to have made it this far in a podcast that is, let's face it, very centrist. Um. <laughs> So I uh, so I do appreciate that, which it's it that's nice, um, and but you know some of the criticism that I've heard just on what I've said in fa- on Facebook and other places, which is also um, very similar to some of the stuff I said last week, you know, along the same lines, basically, is still this this notion of like there's no proof, right, and. Basically, it was a trial without due process and things like that. And I kind of feel like, at least from my philosophical standpoint, um, and I could get flack for this, I don't know. I, I care less about this specific instance than the sum total of like societal behavior. Does that make sense? Like, like I, I do agree. Like, I've seen people that I know on both sides post... And I've talked with people on both sides who are, are like, look, this accusation is not good, etc. However, like at the end of the day, I still don't. I'm liberal and I, I also don't think he should be a justice for other reasons. But in terms of, you know, an accusation of attempted rape, I don't I don't know. And I kind of am in firmly in that camp where I don't know. Um, but the camp that I'm not firmly in is, you know, ignoring the accusation so brazenly, right? It's just, that's the thing to me, I think, that's more frustrating rather than this specific case. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, to me, it's like if you're going to come out uh, at your your hearing angry and spouting off conspiracy theories, you've shown a, a lack of mental stability that I think is required for a partial judge. Although, like, if we're being honest, every single judge in the Supreme Court's pretty much a partisan at this point. So it's like, yeah. like what, are, what are we really getting into here? So, I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, abortion's no, I mean... about to be illegal, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I... I... I like to make predictions. I'm not willing to predict that to quite the same degree as other people. I I would be personally surprised if all five conservative-leaning justices uh, overturned Roe v. Wade. 
I will not be surprised. I think I think what the statement that I don't like is Roe v. Wade is dead. Like I think that's a false like uh what's the word? Uh prediction. <laughs> I can't think of the word prediction apparently. Uh I think that's a false prediction. I I think that the challenges that states have to um affordable uh planning Parenthood planning services, I'll say, um, without saying planned parenthood, because nobody, everyone freaks out when you talk about planned parenthood, apparently. But like, I think that the states that are trying to reduce access or make it difficult will find less, a less challenging Supreme Court. Does that make sense? So I don't think there's going to be an outright overturn of Roe v. Wade where they basically say, you know... This is no longer no longer a constitutional right. They're going to say, "Oh, there's still four clinics in Texas. It's fine. That's good enough. There's nothing wrong with that, right?" That's what I foresee is a not a de jure, not like a legal overturn of Roe v. Wade, but a de facto, uh, you know, uphill battle for anyone who is seeking out abortion services. Does that make sense? I understand that that's your prediction, but that is not what yeah. I predict is going to happen. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just clarifying. I do think that the stance on the court will be uh, much more uh, – man, I keep blanking on – there's like a good word that goes that goes into this sentence and I can't think of it. But there will be much more opposition to um, access – to the right, the constitutional right that is abortion, but I don't think that they will outright overturn it personally. I foresee a abortion prohibition that goes catastrophically wrong, much like the last prohibition, and then gets overturned again. But ah, uh. but uh, that's beside the point, and this is not what I wanted to get into. And once again, you've gone into the weeds that no one cares uh. about. Let's go back out of the weeds. <laughs> Did you get any more progress on Infinite Jest over the last week? I did, but not as much as I would have liked. But I did. So you're still working make, through it. I'm still working on it. All right, I'm just 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 seeing, just seeing. Yeah, it's like I'm you still... know, intro, intro. Like uh, I'm still working on it, but I'm on the here. way. <laughs> I'm on the way. I, I bought the new book this week. I haven't opened it yet. Figure I've got time. It's not oh, very yeah. long, so I don't think it'll take me very long to get through it. That's true. It is. It is pretty. It is pretty short. This is true. The re- the reviews on it are very positive so far. Oh yeah, I've seen awesome reviews, so I'm pretty excited. And I have no idea what it's about, so that's exciting too. I have a, I, well, I don't know what it's about, but I have an idea of kind of like the theme that they're exploring in it. So I don't. I don't. I'm not going to so ruin it for excited. you. I'll let, I'll let you jump in, <laughs> like blind and. <laughs> It's not like Lord of the Rings, where you, when you were about to read it, you're like, I know there's some elves and shit in here, right? Well, I mean, maybe the first time I read Lord of the Rings, I didn't know that. Oh, really? For me, it was like such a cultural icon that you had, like, I just felt like I already knew a well, lot of the, the basics, I guess. I think my dad read us Lord of the Rings, and I think when that oh. happened, I was like nine. Yeah, so that like, would have been early. Yeah, like, I, that was all well before I was culturally aware and before i had miss boylson who made everyone read the hobbit in in sixth grade yeah okay yeah i'm not as big a fan of the hobbit personally i mean it's okay yeah it's okay they did not need to make it into three movies yeah i also agree with that for the people wondering why there's a long pause there aaron is reading something right now i don't know what (laughs) but i see his eyes moving back and forth across something so there are there are words going into his head i want yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh i saw like a news alert and then i clicked on it which was dumb i should have just not clicked on it it was more kavanaugh stuff you know oh yeah the huge the huge All right, Aaron. Um, I just want this is a public service announcement to all of the listeners of this podcast that uh-huh. next week it looks like we're not going to have one. Okay. Um, I will this be. This is life. Yeah, I will be 
driving across the United States on my way to the Great Northwest. Okay, let's look at a map. Where are we going? Yeah, so uh, uh, my mom's going to go with me. Okay, cool. You're going like, to U-Haul it? My dad might go with me. I don't know if he's fully fully into it yet, but he, he, <laughs> he seems like he, he, he might. Oh, um, nice. We are going to spend a day uh, at the Grand Canyon. Oh, okay. Which is in northern Arizona. Yeah, nice. And then we plan to spend a day at, in Zion National Park in southern Utah. Cool. Uh, and from there, so it'll so be you're like... Going, you're going like Dallas up to Amarillo, maybe Lubbock, Lubbock to Amarillo? Uh, I'm going Dallas. Taking... Well, the hope is they go Dallas to Flagstaff in day one. Flagstaff? Where the fuck is Flagstaff? It's in Arizona. It's Arizona, right? It's like yeah. in the middle? Oh man, that is hard fucking core. 14 hours is what Google that's, says that takes. That's some good shit right there. Um, it's going to be painful. But yeah, you're, in that case, yeah, you're going probably Dallas, Wichita Falls, Amarillo, Albuquerque, Flagstaff. But you could go all southy if you wanted to. Just no, I think won't. that's about what we're going to do. Uh, yeah, okay. 14 hours, Flagstaff. So that's day one. Dallas yeah. to Flagstaff. Boom. Da- day two will be the Grand Canyon. Yeah, so you take you two or three hours Five hours, I don't know, something to get over there and then do the Grand Canyon. It'll actually just take an hour and a half if you take the train, which we're planning on doing. Oh, nice. Oh, also, I was looking at the wrong entrance. There's an entrance that's, like, literally next to Flagstaff. So, I see. Okay. So Very yeah. cool. So, that'll be day two. We'll be in the Grand Canyon. Day three, okay. we'll drive up and explore Zion. Because Zion's, like, three hours, 45 minutes away. Yeah, now are you staying the night in Grand Canyon area? Staying overnight in Flagstaff, yeah. So wait, you're gonna go you're gonna land in Flagstaff, wake up, go to the Grand Canyon, go back to Flagstaff. Yep. And then yeah, okay. The next cool. day go to Zion, which is not that far, not a lot of distance yeah. covered. But yeah. you know, Zion apparently is very beautiful and we'll spend some time there. Cool, cool. Okay, so then then you're gonna stay the night in Saint George. You're gonna drive up somewhere. Provo? Hopefully, the goal is Boise. Not the same day as... No, at, we'll, we'll stay overnight. After We'll spend the day in, in Zion. Then uh-huh. the next morning, yeah, okay. leave and hopefully make it to Boise. But if we don't feel like making it to Boise, we stop in Salt Lake. I mean, Salt Lake isn't going to be very far from there, right? Four and a half hours, but there's nothing between Salt Lake and Boise. So like, if you're, if you're going past Salt Lake... You're going to Boise. Yeah, okay. I mean, there's a few little tiny, tiny things. Okay, so then you go to Boise. So that's day, let's just call that day two. Because the other two days, you're not doing anything. (laughs) I mean... Day two of driving. Basically, you're going to, to the Grand Canyon in a day. And then you're spending two days in that area, basically. Basically, yeah. And then... So days four, day four will be to Boise, and day five will be to Seattle. No, I'm guessing. Cause, oh, because oh. my parents, my parents have a good friend from way back who lives in Walla Walla, Washington. Oh, dude, that is super nice area, BT Dubs. So we're gonna probably spend an evening in Walla Walla. So Boise to Walla Walla, very nice. That's a good. That's a that's a fun area for sure. And then after Walla Walla would be to to the Seattle. Yeah, and Walla Walla to Seattle's probably like let's see here four and a half know. hours. Four, yeah, four hours. Most of it's just because those roads are pretty pretty windy. You go up through Yakima and then probably Ellensburg. Very cool, dude. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun. And that's what I will be doing rather than recording a podcast. Alrighty. Well, do you know what we should do? We should just do it like in mobile coverage. You can just like record on a laptop. We'll get your dad and your mom on there. <laughs> well, uh, maybe. We'll talk about it, but <laughs> I'm not sure. Not uh, sure about that. Um, not sure. Yeah, that's going to be a long freaking way. 
Yes, it is. It's a long ass way, man. <laughs> so, so what I did was I said I don't really have any possessions. I'm just gonna leave all of my possessions, or just get, sell my possessions and fly there with nothing, which is what I did. <laughs> so I got there with no possessions. Did you buy a car when you got there? I did. I did. Um, yeah, because I didn't have a car that I owned, so I bought a car when I got there. I was pretty sure of what I wanted. I wanted a more gas-efficient vehicle, and I just couldn't get behind a Prius. So I got a um, diesel Jetta, which is, you know, like 42 miles per gallon. Now, was this bef- this during the Volkswagen lying about all of that? Yes, it was. <laughs> so I ended up getting my... I ended up getting it retrofitted or whatever with a better fuel injector you didn't sell it back you just sold it back nah because at the time i mean i really like that car actually but you don't have it Um, right no i still have it i haven't i haven't yeah so i've had it for eight years almost almost eight seven and a half or so um pretty good car i haven't had very many problems with it the air conditioning's a little messed up now but it's like one hundred ten thousand miles eight years like i've i've put a good amount into it uh, does your house have central air? It does not. It has central heating. It does not have central air conditioning. We are considering it. It's How do you get that? Like Getting that after install would be really expensive, wouldn't it? It is. So probably, I, I recommend this to everyone. If you're ever in the position where you're, you buy a house that's not built yet and you get to choose options... Always choose every single option that's inside the walls. Like, <laughs> you don't need to upgrade the fucking, you know, uh, hardware on the cabinets. You don't need to upgrade the fridge or whatever. Now, if you want to, that's fine. Go for it. But normally what they do, and it's kind of funny, like say you want the better hardware on the cabinets. Well, they don't like refund you the cost for the cheaper hardware and then have you pay the delta between the cheaper hardware and the expensive hardware. They just have you pay the whole cost of the expensive hardware. Like they don't do any deltas at all. It's just like, oh, this is how much all of these things cost. It's like, yeah, but you're not buying the cheaper ones. I don't care. This is how much it costs. So I very re- we didn't choose very many of those things. But in every place where a sink um, could be pre-plumbed, or where the AC adapters could be pre, pre-wired, or where fans could be pre We didn't buy the fans from them because they charged you like $500 for a $150 fan, but we did have them pre-wire the fan outlets. So all, all we did is we went to Home Depot, bought three fans, and then I put them in. Um, and a fan is not that hard to put in. The first one you put in sucks ass. It's super hard because you don't know what you're doing, and you're pretty sure you're going to kill yourself. Um, and then every subsequent fan, you're like, I'm a fan master at this point, right? Like I can do a fan. I could put in a fan in about 30 minutes if I need to. So, um, it sucks at first, but then once you get it, it's fine. So basically we had all that stuff pre-wired. So we've got a tubes coming out of the house for a condenser. We've got all the equipment you need. So all we would need is somebody to install the condenser and hook up a few other things. But all of the hard shit, like breaking out wall or breaking into walls and putting new pipes in and shit, is done. Man, but I bet those pipes are real dusty at this point. So that first time you turn them on, you're going to get shit blown True. all up in your, in your shit. True. True. We're on the edge. We almost did it this summer. It's almost always more expensive to buy central air conditioning in the middle of summer when the uh, demand curve is literally as high as it possibly goes. Um, But so, yeah, we might do that. It is expensive. And, you know, during those two weeks, it's like two weeks when you're fucking dying. But every other time, it's like on the edge. You're just sweating a little bit. You know, you're just you're just a little sweaty, and you're not even sweating beads. You're just kind of kind of moist. Um, so it's it's one of those things that you don't. It's not like Texas where it's like if you go a day, you're gonna lose your mind. Yeah, if your air conditioner goes out in Texas, then yeah. you get a hotel until it's fixed. Yeah, or <laughs> or you buy ten jugs of water so that you'll you'll die of dehydration in three days rather than in one day. Nah, you just get a hotel, man. <laughs> yeah, so 
Yeah, so that's my pro tip on if you ever get to choose the options in a house, always choose all the things inside the walls because it's typically not that much more expensive to have it done. And then basically putting in a sink is a matter of buying a sink and hooking up the shit. You don't have to put anything into your walls. Yeah. Um, so, Rob, we're pretty excited. We've Chelsea literally jumped it up and down with joy. Did you see what uh, um, Cole Campbell posted on my Facebook post? I did not. What did he Apparently, post? he lives in Seattle, and Matt Wingler lives in Seattle. He, they do. And you know what? I, I pinged them both at some point, and, and just nothing. We just kind of all are lazy, and nothing ever happened. So, we, do you know what we should do? Let's get that group together. You, Matt Wingler, Cole Campbell, and me. Let's do it. There's a few other people. I don't know if they want their name said, but Sarah Manon is up here. Chelsea and really? I just had, yep, we she, we just had brunch with her this this weekend. Christina Sattler. Oh, um, yeah, did, she lives up she, here. Isn't she married to someone we went to high school with as well? No, no. Okay, never mind. I'm thinking the wrong person. But either way, like um, the funny thing is, I don't see all of those people as much as as I would like. Mostly just because life just keeps happening and doesn't shit, stop, man. Doesn't stop. I you know. have to make time for these things. Like you have to like like you. Like, we're at the point where like you can't call someone up and be like you want to hang out because that part of our lives is over. Yeah. Now it's like here's a two weeks notice. We're gonna do a thing. I hope you can make it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. So. Um, yeah, we should get that group together. That would be that would be fun. I didn't go to the, I didn't go to our I didn't go to my uh, GHS ten year yeah, reunion. So we might as well make our own. That's true. That is true. Just go to like a brewery or something and be like, oh my god, look at all these cool people who made it all the way to the Northwest. I'm I'm totally down. Um, there's a few other people that I knew at A and M that are here that are all real nice, real cool. Um, so there's a lot of good a lot of good people here, Rob. I know someone who has a son-in-law who owns a brewery in Seattle, so... Which one? Seattle Cider Company. Really? Yeah. That's badass. Their son-in-law uh, owns that. I've been to the, um... I've, like, I've been to their, like... Not, not... I mean, maybe they brew it there, too. I forget. But I've been to their, like... You go and they have all their kegs and shit, you know? On the, like, in the warehouse district near the yeah. ballpark? Yeah, that's where they yep. brew it all. Yeah, that's tight. There's a really, really, really good whiskey distillery there. And I probably just gave away the fact that I don't know what I'm talking about because I don't think you call it whiskey distillery. I think you just say distillery. <laughs> but, I think it's also rum distillery, so it's actually probably good maybe. to be specified. <laughs> okay. I think distillery makes um, liquor, so I think it's like a tequila distillery, a vodka distillery. Ah, uh, that's true, Whiskey yeah. distillery, rum distillery. That whole area is really cool. Um, warehouse. Warehouse District, South South Seattle. Um, Kenzie lives over there. So yeah, there's lots of lots of good people. Kenzie um, and Jacob can come hang out with us too. They well, yeah. Kenzie can't. She has to stay back. Why? CHHS. I don't know about that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's funny is now I work like a block away from where Jacob works, and I still haven't hung out with him yet, just because life life is hard. So, or not, I haven't hung out with him like after work or anything. So, well, <sighs> this has been a good catch up. Uh, I don't, it has. It's been HGTV with Aaron and Housework, <laughs> yeah. um, Travel Channel with Rob cr- crossing the country, <laughs> and then reunion talk about a bunch of people who probably don't listen to the podcast. So, we're killing this, it on this episode this, of, of this, Still Got Nothing. This is true. This Let's is see true. if we can make it more interesting. Second half. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so what I want to talk about, and, and I think this is good for you too, because I think you're you're similar to me, is um the the landscape of political discourse. Mm. Not no. Okay, we're gonna take a step back. It's like we're well, maybe if we can, we'll try not to talk about politics at all. Mm. Let's talk about the the attitude the the demeanor of political discourse let's say right and so one of the things that i definitely get accused of and i would not deny is that i can definitely come off caustic yes go ahead rob i was gonna i was gonna say i bet people accuse you of being condescending 
Con- condescending. I don't get condescending as often. It's more. It's more um, like attack. Like they like they feel like I'm attacking them. Uh, maybe a little bit of condescending, but I feel like I've done better about that than I used to. And I also feel like. Uh, so one of the things I think that's quintessential about the way that I argue in political discourse is that there's this sense of the more I detach my like emotional human side from the conversation, the more like accurate my arguments become. You know, the the more like this is actually what I think or what I believe or whatever and you know, I detach myself from like that emotional involvement in the other person and and if they call me a name or something like i've literally had people apologize and i'd be like i don't remember that because i i don't care like that kind of stuff just does not even i just don't even notice it right (laughs) whereas when on the other side i get people saying aaron you're you're attacking me or whatever and i'm like no it's it's that you made an argument and I said that argument was bad for this reason. And so it's – and I'm trying to think of a good example. A couple things it's I want like, to say real quick. Yeah. Can we have an educational moment? Yes. Caustic is one of those words that I know how to use it, but I didn't know exactly what it meant. You know what I'm yeah. saying? A lot of words like yeah. that. Okay. So I went ahead and looked so gonna, it up. Yeah. Can you give us a definition? Able to burn or corrode organic <laughs> tissue by chemical action. Uh, okay, yes. Or sarcastic in a scathing and bitter way. Uh, yes. Anyway. Which which I can definitely be. Uh, not always in a sarcastic, not always the sarcastic piece, but I definitely do the sarcastic piece. Or lots of time I'll do the analogy piece where I'll take something, and people hate this, and I, I probably shouldn't do it. That's part of what I want to discuss. But I will take what someone said. Like I once was in an argument about gay marriage. And someone wrote this, like, block of text. And when I read it, I was like, this is the most beautiful block of text I've ever read. And I took it, and I re—I just basically quoted it. And just every place it was, like, gay marriage, I put interracial marriage. Um, and it sounded horrifically racist, right? <laughs> like, it was just awful. And so it's like, yeah, I- I'm trying to get... I, I'm not calling you a racist or a homophobe, but I'm trying to get you to realize how you sound, like what what this sounds like out loud. Like, and and in 50 years, people are gonna feel the way. A, when you read the one where I put interracial marriage in there, and you go, "Well, that's not me." That's the way people are gonna feel in 50 years about what you just said. About gay marriage because it's you literally said the same thing except with a different social like or, or or marriage right or whatever right so I can be very caustic in ways like that like seriously and I and I can be a little bit bitter but I'm not saying that they're a bad person or anything I'm just saying like this is this is what you sound like the other thing that you said is that when people say when people make an argument and then you respond in some way refuting that argument. And they come back and they say things like, you're attacking me. My answer to that is, is yes. That's how <laughs> arguments work. You make a stance and I come back with a counter stance. And now it's your turn to counter my counter stance or say that I was right. Like that's just how so, arguments work. So, so I'm not, I am attacking you. That's what's happening. It's your turn to attack back. Proceed. Yeah. What I would say, though, is that there is a distinction to be made between attacking the person and attacking their argument. Right. But like saying that what they do, what they're trying to do when they say you're attacking me is to shut down the argument. Exactly. That's kind of my problem. You said something that makes sense to them. And rather than admitting that maybe one part or all of their argument was wrong, they accuse you personally of having done something wrong rather than just. Yeah. So here's the thing. so, and, and this is, have you ever seen, it's one of my favorite videos of all time. It's called, What is a Photocopier? And we may have talked about it on the podcast before, but it's a guy going through a deposition. And it's a reenactment of a real transcript from a real deposition. Where the lawyer is asking a guy, like, do you have a photocopying machine in the recorder's office or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And at some point, at some point... 
the the guy who's being deposed says, I just feel like you're trying to make me feel stupid. And the lawyer <laughs> responds, if you feel stupid, it's not because I'm making you feel that way. Which is like the best response I've ever read. And so this is this is the thing. The example that I'll use and I don't know if I've admitted this on the podcast before, but I like to admit it because I think it's important to show that um, people make mistakes, including people like Kavanaugh and people like me. And I'd like to think that um, my ideals are right, but they have been wrong before. They are probably currently wrong, and they will be wrong in the future. But at some point in the stat in the past, and it didn't go past age 18 or 19, I... What didn't vehemently believe, but I had made the statement out loud in front of other people that I thought a woman should not be president. Oh. No shit. Why did you believe that? Um, f- flawed reasoning, in my opinion. I know, well, we're um, talking about a flawed reasoning, but like... Yeah. It, it, was, it was something... Um, to be completely honest, it was, it was misogynistic. Uh, well, it I mean, was, obviously, it that's was, the only... But, but yeah, it was like, um, you know, the president needs to be able to make decisions like Truman dropping the atomic weapons, and I don't think a, a woman can do that. So, just to be clear, because if I, if I ever become famous, which is probably not <laughs> ever going to happen, then you could clip just that part, and that sounds real bad. Um, but I, I think it's important to admit that when you believed stuff and you and you were wrong, right? And, and you know, today, I think that's super wrong. But I literally, I, I got a comment from someone. They didn't say, you're a misogynist. Although, the, in my opinion, they would have been well within their rights to say that. They were correct. They would, they would have been correct. They, they said... Um, that that the, I believe saying that that way is misogynist, right? It comes it comes from a standpoint of this flawed, um, like kind of like misogynistic worldview. And to me, I feel like I didn't really feel. Now, obviously, at first you're gonna feel like defensive, right? But to me, when someone says something like that about my argument, they're not really attacking me. They're saying what you just said is this is how this stance is flawed. And um, you either one of two things, either you believe that you really, truly believe that and you're a misogynist or two, you um, fail to realize how what you said is misogynistic. Does that make sense? Right. It's and and the second one is like. You need to go reevaluate kind of what you believe and what that means for your worldview, right? And so I feel like, and I can't even remember who said that to me, but that definitely, that made me think and obviously changed my mind, right? And it's not like I felt like they were attacking and it's not like I probably wouldn't have changed my mind eventually anyway, right? Like that is a deeply flawed argument in my opinion and and i can't believe like it's embarrassing to me to have ever held that position like that is hyper embarrassing to me Uh, but i think it's important for people to admit when when they had flawed opinions or they had flawed worldviews and they by whatever means changed that worldview right um and it's it's embarrassing to admit and you're like i feel like an asshole and I was an asshole, right? There's no other way you could describe it. Um, and yet, I did hold that worldview for whatever reason. Obviously, I'm, flawed reasons. I mean, it's... I, I, I find hard to believe. Like, mo- like, that age you're talking about, like, high school age, you believe a lot of random stuff that you hear on the internet because it comes from, like, a voice that sounds trusting to you, you know? Like... yeah. You know, being in the video game space at that age, man, I heard a lot of arguments that I found very compelling that today I'm like, wow, that was a really bad argument, you know? But, like, it's just like at that age you're you're, you're looking for people to justify things that make you 
feel better about what you are or what you do. Like you're looking for that kind of yes, acceptance in the world. True. And yeah. so when people say things that are just absolutely flawed but make you or what something about you look like you're doing it right, you're far more willing to accept it and not think any harder about it, right? So you probably yeah. heard some argument somewhere along the way that you found very compelling until someone made you think about what made that argument compelling and then you were like, wait a minute. Yeah. I've been yeah, duped. Exactly. But what I would say is is um my my entire point with that story though is I feel like there's a little bit of a formula when someone says this is why I disagree with that argument. And, and in, lo- in many cases, it can be something like that. That is a misogynistic argument, right? That is an argument that blames the victim. That is an argument that is flawed in this way for this reason. Um, in, in many cases, the person might think you're a bad person for believing that, right? <laughs> but in most cases, they're not. In some cases, it's true. Like, obviously, half the internet is calling people an asshole. But by and large, it's it's really like I think this argument is flawed in this way. I think it is it is from a misogynistic viewpoint. I think it's from an, an insert X viewpoint, and and I think I think that it's kind of up to that person. Now you can just shut it down by saying "fuck you." I'm not a I'm not a misogynist, and then just deep more deeply ingrain yourself in this may, maybe flawed logic, or you can say like "time out." Does does that statement look kind of like a misogynistic statement? And the answer is yes. And then you kind of have to ask yourself, how did I get there? Um, you know, do and and some of it, I I firmly believe that a lot of people's positions are also what makes them feel good. Like I literally think some people's anti-racism or anti-misogyny or anti-whatever it is is less is sometimes less than because they think it's right and more because they feel good about themselves for being in that camp. Hey, for whatever, whatever it brings you to that camp, welcome aboard. I, but <laughs> I, I feel the same way. Here's, here's a stance that I currently hold uh-huh. that I hope to one day be proven wrong on. But I okay. personally believe that there is a certain age and a certain mental development stage that humans mm. go through that allow their minds to be changed about things. And after they get through that age and they're, like, fully mentally developed, you can't change their mind anymore. Like, Mm. if someone makes it to a certain age and believes is a racist or a misogynist or not, there's nothing that will happen that will change that. And so that's why I don't argue with people on the internet. It's because I honestly don't believe you can make a difference. Mm. Yeah, I... I obviously don't hold that belief, or if I hold that belief, I'm a fucking idiot because I waste a lot of time in that case. <laughs> like, so much fucking time. Um, I, so here's what I'd say for certain is I know that that's, that's false as a, as a rule. Now, I would be willing to say that you may be right that in 99.9999% of cases, you can't change someone's mind. There are examples of people, like there are famous examples of people who were neo-Nazis and somehow got out or people who were in the Westboro Baptist church that got out and things like that. So Um, I would, I don't, I would be more likely to believe that they never believed the things that they were into before to begin mm. with. And didn't change their minds, but rather got to a certain point where they felt safe enough to leave the things that they never believed in. Then I would believe that they ever changed their mind. It's kind of more of like kind of the logic that, you know, as long as religion isn't really harsh in your vibe, it's it's a safe environment. You've got your community. You might as well just keep showing up and, and believe, right? Unless there's enough of an impetus that you just realize I've I haven't believed this all along, right? Or, or kind of like that, right? Right. Yeah. It's like the neo Nazi guy may have just like had no friends, included. had no community, yeah. found one. Interesting. But like he found this group of friends that does the stuff that he doesn't necessarily agree with. But he's more willing to put up with that than to be lonely. And then at some point 
you know, he developed socially enough that he's got friends that aren't part of this group and he no longer yeah. wants to do the stuff that he thinks is wrong. So now he switches teams. But mm. like, I don't well, know. Well, then, Rob, there's hope for me. Everyone just is on my team. I just need to get them to realize that they're on my team. Right now. <laughs> you know, I hope you're right. I hope I hope you're right. Um, but I think I will continue to stay out of internet arguments with other adults as I do not believe mm, yeah. that there is any change that I can make happen there. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely see from where you're coming. I think for me, it's, I probably deep down somewhere agree with you. Um, but I just don't like that. And I feel like I have maybe slightly changed some people's minds slightly. And and honestly, so here here's the thing. And this, this might be revealing to why I'm somewhat caustic. <laughs> is I firmly believe... Uh, ooh, this is bad. This is real bad. This is a public admission of, <laughs> of a lifelong of guilt. Uh, I firmly believe that... Sometimes, if you get people to feel bad enough, they'll realize this makes me feel bad, right? It it's it goes back to that video. If you if you feel stupid, it's not because I'm making you feel that way, right? And, it, and when someone says you're calling me a racist, like that's not fair. And I kind of want to say like if you feel like a racist, all I did was kind of point out that what you're saying is kind of racist, right? <laughs> it's, it's not that, you know, I'm not making you a racist. I, I'm just pointing out that this is kind of racist. And do you feel that way? Um, and, and it's, it, and honestly, it's, it's, yeah, that's probably bad. Is that bad that I do that? Make people feel bad about being bad? Yeah. It's a noble, it's a noble uh, career choice. You've, you've, or nor, a noble like uh, job, I suppose. <laughs> it's a normal, it's a noble uh, uh, crusade. Seeking, I, I just think that and that might work on some people, but other people probably believe what they say to the degree that they don't think it's bad, right? Like they really, truly believe that. Yeah, some races are superior to other races, or that some genders are superior to other genders, or whatever it is they firmly believe. So you're not going to make them feel bad about that because why would you feel bad about something that you believe is correct? Yeah, I, I think that in in many cases you can give this, you know, because you made a good argument. It's kind of like if you can get them in the right camp, then maybe the ends or, or the means justify the ends, right? Obviously, that's a huge, like, most people say the ends don't justify the means. Um, but you you could kind of say, well, if whoever said that I sounded misogynist when I was 16 or 17 made me feel bad, and it made me reevaluate my positions and my beliefs, right, then it, should they really be, should they feel bad about using a tactic that ended up making me feel bad? And I Should would say you no. feel bad about making people feel bad about them doing bad stuff? Like, that's the thing. But but yeah, because I, I don't mind it when people do that to me. Like when someone says you should feel bad about all of the babies that you're killing by supporting abortion rights, because um, I don't feel bad, right? Um, I I don't feel bad supporting someone's right to choose. So, but I don't mind them saying that. Right. I don't mind them appealing to me in a way that says, you know, how, you know, are you comfortable with the result of your political choices? Are you comfortable with the end result of your, you know, votes, et cetera? Right. Um, but I would say I feel like I get a lot of flack for that, for the, the things that can make people feel bad. And I wonder if it's because there's an inkling, like there's a small part of them that feels bad, and they just can't admit it to themselves yet. And it's I should probably keep going. that, or and if I should. In addition to that, it's a very strong anti-confrontational culture we live in. 
Mm. Um, and you're yeah. openly confrontating. So, like, the same way that The Office makes me feel bad with its humor, <laughs> you were making other people feel bad because you're, you're, you're opening awkward. up something that people just are comfortable with in general, which is to see people fighting. Yeah. There's a very unwillingness to argue in the United States, which is probably part of the reason why we're so far apart on so many things is because we never hear the yeah. other side at all. And we don't ever hear the other side at all because we never want to have conflict. And I'm part of that. I don't want to have conflict, so I don't argue. I Okay. Yeah, I I can see that. Um, uh, two reasons. I don't want – I'm not anti-confrontational. I don't want there to be conflict, and I think it's pointless. So mm. – that's why at parties, when I hear the political conversation happening, I go get a drink or the bathroom or, man, those other people over there not talking about politics look way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I just think that that really sucks. Like, at some point along the way, society has gotten better, I feel like. Right? Like, I, I feel like it's a hard it's – a, it's a tough sell to say that society is worse than it was 100 years ago and worse than 100 years before that, so on and so forth, right? I like, mean, why don't we do 100 years? Why don't we say 10 years? It's, are we better off than we were 10 years ago? And, and I think, yeah, Are we better off than we were 20 years ago? Yes. And right? I think so, I, I think the answer to that is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you think it's because all the young people in each generation were just uh, molded properly <laughs> rather than the fact that old people's minds were changed. No, I think it, the big part is technological, mm-hmm. uh, has made the world a better place. Um, I think that was an inevitable thing to happen. And I think that having... Here's the thing that's happened. is The American middle class doesn't, isn't as strong as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because two reasons... The American upper class is much stronger than it used to be. And the American Mm -hmm. lower class is stronger than it used to be. And I think what happened was that we took some away from the middle class and and pushed it up and down. Like, the worst off Americans are better off than they were 20 years ago. Mm. The The top Americans are better off than they were 20 years ago. But the middle is same or worse. Same or worse. Interesting. And I think that's where a lot of this anger is coming from that you're seeing is that the American middle class voting in Trump is because they've watched everyone else get better. That's actually a really good argument. I, I, I'd love to see if we could find data to back that up. I mean, but you're right. It's like, oh, OK, there's so much more jobs. The average, the median wage is higher. I mean, the, average, Probably, the poverty you know. the, the poverty level is higher than it used to be, and there's less people in extreme poverty than there used to be. Exactly. Also, the top 1% is doing real, real well. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're doing better than anyone. Like, just com- – if you compare the top 1% to 20 years ago's top 1% or 10 years ago's top 1%, they're leaps and bounds better than they've ever been. Yeah. Well, not ever. I mean, there was the 1920s before all the regulation where the top yeah. 1% owned the country. Then <laughs> they were good to be them. But, like, <laughs> excluding that yeah. era. Yeah, I, I think there's also this. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that there's also some. The other thing that's been annoying me recently has been this. Your free speech is so free that it's blocking my free speech, and that's and now I'm sad. Um, it's kind of this like when universities get tens of thousands of people to protest a conservative speaker or whatever, right? And then the conservatives are like, We're being blocked, we don't have free speech anymore. And it's like, yeah, you do. It's just that nobody likes you, right? Um, and I, I get a lot of, you know, they're all, like, all those people who are protesting, they're just whiny, right? Or, you know, um, this this case with the Facebook VP or whatever that got in, that went to the Kavanaugh hearings. 
and then Facebook employees complained and, and they're like, well, the Facebook employees are whiny. I'm like, yeah, sure. Maybe I wouldn't whine about that. But also like if he has a right to go to the hearing, they have a right to whine about it. And so like deal with it. Sorry. If you don't like the fact that he had to apologize or got in trouble or whatever, then you need to be upset about corporate personhood and the rights that corporations have to force their employees to apologize or get fired. Right. That's that's not a the guy going to the hearing or the people complaining thing. That's a corporations basically can do whatever the fuck they want. Right. Um, but it, but then you'd have cases on both sides where it's like, nope, you cannot fire Paula Dean for what she said. Like corporations don't have the right to do that or whatever. Right. So if that's your if that's what you're sad about, then argue about that. And I think the number one thing that frustrates frustrates me is I get a lot of conservatives that are just like, you know, they're the liberals have all these whiny protests <clears throat> at the uh, you know Supreme Court, and they have these whiny protests when conservatives go speak at the thing or whatever it is, or they're sending emails about the VP at the Kavanaugh hearings, and they forget that like literally one of their most successful, at least briefly, political movements like conservative political movements of the modern political discourse is the Tea Party, which is named after a bunch of whiny protesters, right? Like that's that's what the Boston Tea Party was. Like and vandalism. Just, and vandalism. It's it's not like fucking uh Kaepernick. It's like vandalism, you know? And so it's there, there's this huge argument like, oh, well, they're going too far. Like, don't protest the flag or whatever. And it's like, dude, your biggest political movement is named after protesters who vandalized some dude's private property. Like, sure, he was from the British East India Company, but he was the merchant. He was the merchant owner of that ship. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, <clears throat> and so that's not to say that I agree with violent or destructionary protest but it is to say that like it's just ironic like hearing them say stuff like i'm so sad about these facebook employees whining and it's like your most recent successful political movement is named after whiny people right i was watching a scene with a thing with john green the other day and and that was kind of his basic point is it's like man you, you people who were like arguing against protesters or whatever are real fucking lame. Like this is how things changed. If, if the founding fathers of the United States were just like, okay, it's fine. Then nothing would have happened. And you think that America is like the best thing since sliced bread. And it was born out of whiny people. Right. (laughs) And, and, and at the end of the day, whether you agree with what they were doing or not, they were fucking whiny bitches. Right. Not using bitches derogatorily. Bitches is just, um, is just like <laughs> when you call someone a douchebag, it's like that, right? Like they they were whiny, <laughs> right? So, I think I think that we just found the name of the episode though. Uh, the founding fathers were whiny bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's like literally it. it you can say that they weren't, but if you really think about it, they they were the people standing at the fucking university protesting some conservative people. They were the people sending emails to the Facebook execs. They were the people standing outside of the Supreme Court, right? On both sides. They were the Tea Party when the Tea Party organized protests, right? Like, that was the people. If you don't whine about it, it's obviously not going to change. So if you want change, somebody needs to whine about it. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> like, protesting is... Like, what you do is you schedule a protest. You... And if enough people show up, then you have a movement. If you schedule a protest and nobody shows up, that's well, a sign. That's like, yeah. And that's what you're getting with, like, the, the white power people that schedule the but, protest and, like, yeah. ten people show up. It's like... You're not a majority. This is probably not going to be change you can believe in. So, sorry. But this goes back to your point. I feel like when people say, I can't believe these people are whining, that just seeks to shut down the conversation. Like, I don't say, 
fuck the Tea Party for protesting. I say these, like, I don't agree with these points, right? Like, I want you to protest, right? I want the people to protest at the Supreme Court building, but, you know, I don't agree with their treatment of Kavanaugh. That's perfectly valid. Like, have that be part of the discourse. But to just condemn them for the very... It's the same with Kavanaugh. It's like, I just condemn you for the very act of being whiny rather than actually... Not, sorry, not Kavanaugh. Kaepernick. Name starts with the same letter. Um, I'm going to condemn you just because you're whiny. And in that way, I don't even have to talk about what you're actually trying to say. I could just dismiss you outright. Right? So it just seeks to shut down the conversation and move the ball nowhere. Like that pun. It's, that's not a pun. That's a reference, I guess. Allusion. I don't know. Um, so anyway, Rob, what's your verdict? Am I caustic? You can be. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, well, my argument is, is that's how arguments work. Like, if you make an argument that the other person has a good point against, it's probably going to come back kind of sounding a little bitter. And that's okay. Yeah. People need to stop, stop like not expecting every argument, everyone to agree with them. Like people are always going to accuse you of being caustic as long as you don't agree with them, and it's just not the way it's going to be. The yeah. the art of debating is is gone. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> um. Well, for whatever reason, I still enjoy it, even though Rob is pretty sure I'm wasting my time. It's your time to waste, man. You do what you're going to do with it. Here's the way I put it, and, and maybe, maybe this is a better way to look at it. I'm not arguing for the person I'm arguing. Sorry, got to use proper grammar. You don't want to end a sentence with a preposition. I'm not arguing for the, per, for the person with which I am arguing. I am arguing for anyone who comes along. You know, that maybe is kind of undecided. And there's a video that was posted. And I say, you know, I, I think the points in this video are, you know, wrong or uh, flawed in this way. Or how I think long this article... does it have to be colloquially used before it becomes the correct way to use it? I don't know. Because however long you want. Where dim people at is a pretty common prepositional ending <laughs> to a sentence. So it's like. I think at this point, it's safe Rob, to say that you can definitely put a preposition at the end of a sentence. Rob, the proper sentence is at where dem people, <laughs> just so you know. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to bust that one out next time. In the crowd um, so maybe this is part fun. of the reason why I have a uh, condescending problem, is I'm pretty sure that people who use prepositions not at the end of a sentence always look condescending <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> Um, and for whatever reason, I decided one day I was going to not use prepositions at the end of a sentence, and I do not. I do. It's like... Uh, I don't think that of... hard about what I say. I use language as yeah. a, a method of communication, and as long Correct. as I'm communicating my ideas effectively, I feel pretty good about it. I agree. I think my thing's more of an OCD problem than anything <laughs> It's more of like one day I decided I should try to do that, and then, then I then now I do, right? Rob, I feel like I've been doing a lot of long topics recently. Where did we're not even? What do you say? Where did listeners at? <laughs> do you know what? we need more guests? Let's get some guests up in here. All right, uh, we can look into that. Bring in some spice. I'd love to actually have a conservative... Do you know what we need to do? We need to have a conservative debate. Let's just have, like, two fucking people who we know are hardcore conservative hop on, and we'll just make Rob feel uncomfortable the entire time. Yeah, it'll probably be as quiet as I've ever been on an episode of, of So I Got Nothing, and there have been some episodes where I've been pretty quiet. Um, can we have, like, conservatives on and talk about our favorite pizzas? I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> or what we need to do is we need to find a topic, whatever it is, pizza or whatever, and have like a fucking Lincoln debate style argument about that topic, whatever it is. I will defend until the death that 
the stance that pineapple does belong on pizza. I'm cool with that. The only thing, the only reason I don't personally subscribe to that that worldview is uh, because I'm allergic to pineapple. So You're I just can't. Everything per- good. I just can't participate in that in that worldview. But I'm perfectly happy saying that it's allowed on. You pizza. should sit down with your immune system sometime and talk to them yeah. about <laughs> its re its, its overreaction. Talk to it about its issues. Um, you know, maybe, do you know, the one thing, I feel like there's only one thing that we kind of got heated about so far on this podcast, and it was when we were discussing whether or not, uh, it is enjoyable to live in a downtown city or not, <laughs> and we were getting pretty heated. Rob I was will, like, I'll disagree with you on that all day, like, downtown's the only part of the world I want to live. Yeah. And that was one of the only times we were just we were both pretty heated. Like, dude, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah. From someone like you, I would expect to be all about downtown. Someone who hates driving. Uh, this is true. So, see, that'd be a good argument in your point. But see, I take my notes in that Lincoln style debate, and I would just respond with point conceded. Like, <laughs> I, I I will concede that point. It's the sum total of everything else. Um, and I would concede a bunch of points. Maybe that's good. See, I'll concede points here and there, like with the whole Kavanaugh thing. I'll concede the point um, that oh, fuck it. We don't want to get into it. Yeah, if I talk. Yeah, that, I'll just keep talking. Let's we need talk. to get out of here. Check us out on Facebook. <laughs> Still got nothing. Uh, send us an email. Uh, let's have a, let's have a conversation about some stuff. Um, if you're a conservative, Aaron promises. To not be toxic if you respond on the Facebook. Caustic yeah. maybe, toxic not. Yeah, I'm not going to be toxic. I'll say, hey, if you res- if you do something on the Facebook, like, you're my hero, right? Whether you agree or disagree or whatever it is. Hey, did, Rob. Did I tell you that I played tennis with Dan this week? <laughs> Which Dan? Corley? No, you didn't. Yeah. Did he tell you all about his slash my favorite book series? He actually did bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's in it. He's into it. Dude, you would love it. I don't want to recommend it for our book club because I've what, read it come multiple back times. to me when book 10 comes out and we'll get started on it. Because <laughs> okay. I am not about to get into another fantasy series that the author will die before they finish. Yeah. Okay. This is a, this is a fair point. This is a fair criticism. <laughs> Although I will say you should you should keep your hopes up because he is one of the most prolific authors ever. He's badass at actually pumping you know, shit out. George R. R. Martin was pretty consistently putting out a book every other year for a while. I did not know that. Uh, and then he that got a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> and then he stopped writing. Yeah, that's okay. Well, you make a strong case for failure, but I want to believe. Hey, when anyway. book 10 comes out, we'll talk about it. Until right, we'll then. do it. Um, how, about, how about no? Because I don't want to say it got nothing. <laughs> what about a series that is not supposed to be like a, this goes anywhere, but it's just like kind of like a serial. Do you know, that? Do you know what I mean by that? It's just like, it's the same character, fun story in each. There, it is all the same character, but it's more like Sherlock Holmes, where it's just like. Artemis Fowl? I've never read Artemis Fowl, um, and I and I don't know if I would recommend it. I'd have to look it up. I've heard it's good. It, isn't it more teenagery? I think it's probably like aimed Which at like fine. the nine to thirteen range. Nine to thirteen. Yeah, I can. I mean, I'll read it, but um, no. I'm it's, saying it's, every book is kind of an independent thing with the same characters. Yeah, exactly, or like the what's the 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 boys in the train cars or whatever. What was that called? The something boys, Hardy. Is that a thing? Maybe. Party boys? I don't know. A... Fuck it. Um, anyway, but is that okay with you? It's like it's a series. It's like a serial series. It's like I think a good example is Sherlock Holmes. Like there's no real end in sight. It's not going to wrap anything in a bow. There's no Wait, what one. What is the series? What? What is the series? It's, it's called um, – well, I actually forget the name. I know the author. The author's name – I actually don't know the author either. 
he wrote another series that I like called The Dresden Files. And so I thought maybe, oh, Jim Butcher is his name. Maybe we'll try out his other series. Oh, it's called The Codex Alera. Um, and there's six books. But again, it's more of like a serial thing. There's obviously going to be some continuation from one to the next, but it's very much meant to be more serial. Well, comic books are kind of like that, too. We right. have been recently setting records for the longest intros to this podcast. <laughs> it seems now we're trying to go the other way for the longest outros to this podcast. This is why we need another guest so that they can bring us back home. I feel like we've we flogged the shit out of all the topics that you and I are good at. And, and we should just be like sideshows to somebody who comes in and brings an actual interesting topic. Except for when you talk about baseball, that is always hyper fascinating to me because I don't know anything about baseball. Well, the Astros are moving on, and <laughs> I got nothing else to say about that. 